rock and roll. All the red lights are on. All the <laughs> yeah, we're, we're recording, we're recording. Uh, hi, I'm Rich, and welcome to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Sandy. <laughs> I guess he was going to launch into who and what was going on, but anyway. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're just a little bit loggy because we just had an incredible meal. Well, that's true. <laughs> but we want to introduce our very good friend and guest, Ryan Dem- Demchinsky, who, uh, for those of you who have watched our show before, he, uh, he is featured in, in one of quite possibly our most popular episodes <laughs> on teaching me how to truck, uh, uh, trap skunks. So uh, Ryan's now known not for the very uh, busy and full coyote trapping life that he has, but for skunks. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I stop you for just a sec? Move, move your microphone out just a bit. We're popping a little bit. Oh, there you okay. go. Is that okay. better? Yeah, that's much better. Okay. Yeah, you'd, you'd gladly give up the skunk king. Uh... <laughs> Everybody's got to be good at something and be known for something. So. I'll take it, I guess. So. Well, here we are. We, we are in Saskatchewan. It is uh, the 6th or 7th of April. It's the mm-hmm. 6th of April. And uh, we were at the Parkland Show in Yorkton in southeastern uh, Saskatchewan. It's an outdoor show. Uh, we love coming to this. Uh, it, the, the whole thing uh, ro- rotates around raising money for uh, usually for the archery program, yeah, right? Yeah, youth, youth archery. And this is the 8th anniversary for this particular program. And it's all a volunteer board. Nobody gets paid. Um, it's just a tremendous group of individuals giving back to their outdoor community. So mm-hmm. we are so pleased to be part of that. Yeah, and it's Saturday night. We just finished the first day of the of the trade show. And, and oh, my God. How many, how many people did we talk to today? <laughs> I seriously lost count. We, we got there at quarter to seven this morning and made copious amounts of coffee because we're here with the Old Smokes Coffee um, uh, Company. And we didn't sit down until about four o'clock. Yeah, I, I was I was running on one banana. Yeah, <laughs> one, from, from six thirty in the morning until then, one one banana. Like one come banana. on, <laughs> one banana, two bananas, three could... banana, faint, something Floor. like that. Yeah, I, I guess I could say I've actually worked for bananas now. <laughs> I guess so, but not to take anything away. The, a very good opportunity, Ryan. You live about an hour and fifteen minutes away from That's here. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, uh, we just really wanted to take the opportunity to have you on the on the podcast and talk about all the fun things that you do and the serious <laughs> part of trapping as yeah. well. And, uh, you know, I mean, you get your girls involved and they're a big mm-hmm. part of your life and a big part of your trapping career. Well, yep. let's let's start. Let's just step back just a little bit so he can he can hold on to his man card before <laughs> he becomes known as, as the king of skunks. The, the, very, the very first year that we did Trapping Inc., Yes. He was a guest, yes. and he was the king of coyotes, man. That's he true. was the coyote man. Yeah. He and was he st- the- and let's be clear: it's not he was. He still he is. is. Oh, yeah, he Thank is. Thank you, but you're, 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 there's you're, a lot of guys that would say otherwise. I think now there's a lot of good guys out there. <laughs> so, what your YouTube uh, channel is? Ryan fifty nine eleven five nine one one Ryan. Yep. Yeah. Five 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 nine one one Ryan. That's how, right. how many views have you had on that now? Oh, it's getting close to about four million now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in there, I mean, you chronicle all all of your your coyote trapping, mm-hmm. the various things you've done, and and yep. you know, it's very particular to the to the laws here of, of Saskatchewan. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Where you you know you're allowed to to bait and and you use uh, uh, the um, the power ramps that kind of stuff. Yep. 
uh, we, my son and I come over to do that show with you, and it, yeah. it was remarkable. We had such a great time. <laughs> yeah, you, you still set the bar high. No, yeah. no, every, Nobody's every, beat me yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. one thing I can hold on to yet. <laughs> and what, what, what did we get that day? One day's check here, folks. What, uh, what did we get? I believe that day was 21. Uh, we 21 coyotes. I think there was a fox and one raccoon in there as well. Yeah. But I remember it was 21 coyotes that day. Yeah, because your, your buddy Garrett came close. He got 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody's been shooting to beat Ryan. Yeah, well, I'm trying to knock off the king, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it just all depends on the day you're there. You know, there's days that, you know, my best ever so far is 49 coyotes and six fox. Uh, you know, to get one of those days on camera would be amazing. But, you know, just sometimes you go out, you get four or five, and next day it's 28 or something. You never know you, what's, uh, what's out there. And, and it's remarkable when, when uh, you know, you showed me the footage of that. And here we have a one-ton Ford, and it is sitting on the overloads. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, that's that's how much weight is in there. And those are all coyotes, baby. Yep. Those those are all 140, 150 buck a piece Saskatchewan coyotes. Correct, you know? yep. Yeah, that <laughs> was before all that uh, shoulder lice went through, too. Everyone yeah. was a good coyote. That was, uh, yeah. that was called those the good old days now. And yeah. those are beautiful coyotes. Yeah. They're the, they were the, really nice. The lighter colored and yeah. Uh, really nice. you were, Ryan, uh, it's it's uh, legal here to use um, uh, dead animals, and you were working with a a, a big feedlot or something. Uh, yeah, it was a big uh, kill plant. And That's right. So yep. They had uh, like uh, I don't know 40, 40 carcasses for you or thirty carcasses. Had them all on a, on a trailer. Yep. He lost an axle on trying yeah. to bring them home. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, this, this is only this is only in rural, only rural prairies. Yeah, Saskatchewan, Alberta. Yeah, it's it's just the same there. Yeah. And here's here's this mounds of dead carcasses of cattle on top of the yep. on top of the uh, the the trailer alongside of the road. And then yeah. I was like, right, just don't worry, but we'll, we'll we'll take care of it later, you know. And well, I didn't have any parts, so I had to tarp it and leave it. And it was two or three days before the parts come in. And <laughs> Oh, had, had God. the ravens found it by then? Well, the tarp kind of blew over on one corner, so there was a couple animals, but the police stopped, and you know they were wondering, of course, you know, why is this trailer? Because I moved it off the road into the ditch, and so the police, of course, stop, you know, run the plate, make sure it's not stolen or anything, and they start kind of, you know, and what who would the? steal it well, anyway? That's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, at that time it was tarped. I should say that. But uh, yeah, they kind of looked in, and they got a hold of me pretty quickly, and they says, "Could you please?" move that <laughs> so parts came in got the uh, new axle on and everything and away she I went i think everybody's had a story like that oh, somewhere I had, in their I had lives another friend was going down the road and he actually had uh, like uh, 18 inch sideboards on a, on a flat deck mm -hmm. and he had it heaped up with beaver carcasses and the cop stopped him and, and he and you can't be doing this he says why yeah, and they tried everything to try and to <laughs> go through, go through everything. Why he couldn't be doing it? There yep. was no reason. And the case is, you can't be doing it. He says, "Why?" He says, "Because you shouldn't be." This <laughs> <laughs> is well, well, you sir, can't because you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sir, please understand. He says, "How do I get all my beaver carcasses?" The guy says, "I can't believe we're talking about beaver, about hauling beaver." You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to know this, fellow. It was I was just the rolling. odd conversations oh, that you can <laughs> have on the side of a country road yes. with the RCMP, I, and I think every trapper has some goofy tail like that <laughs> oh well, that I, is... I, I remember you, you talking about when you first started setting these baits mm -hmm. and that that year we had a, it was cold really early and he's in a panic because i'm coming <laughs> right and and when the camera comes that that's that's the biggest uh, Murphy you can ever have that absolutely. camera absolutely yes and nothing is coming to all his baits and, mm -hmm. and he realizes that 
because it's been so cold, all these carcasses are frozen solid. So he does what every Saskatchewan farm boy does. He gets out the chainsaw and he cuts these carcasses into slices and pieces. That, yep. so, so that it opens up and the, and the birds now, because really when, when you're setting these baits, it's the birds that you got to attract. Typically, yeah. I try to attract the ravens. They're kind of a necessary evil. The more ravens I have with those baits, the more coyotes I'll catch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the big calling card in the That's, sky, right? Is it like, yeah. uh, I've, you know, it's been said, and it's very true, ravens cannot keep a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as long as they're out there squawking, every coyote will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's really, I mean, if, if you put a thousand pounds of meat there, I bet you 800 of it goes to the birds. I, I, I would like to find out one day, you know, like they're not an overly huge bird. They're a decent size, but what could they eat versus what the coyotes eat? Because the amount of bait that we go through going after coyotes is unremarkable. Oh, I know. I know. It's just, it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, we, we have the same thing. And for, of course, for us, I mean, we can't haul, uh, when we're out going after wolf, we, mm-hmm. we can't haul uh, domestic animals out there and that. So we got to, we got to scrape up roadkill or, right. or use breaver carcasses. And that. So we hate every one of those black yeah. flying oh, bags. I have, yeah. Tell, yeah. I have to tell you a story about going, <laughs> trying to go out to the trap line this winter okay. and roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she manages a bunch of a bunch of uh, of city people in a bank. Yep, and so they live and die by her stories. Like, okay. it's like and, and they all say they all say Sandy. When it all goes down, when 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 things go bad, we're coming to your place. When the apocalypse happens, we're coming to your house. No, the worst part is I've been told that exact same thing. Yeah. When we, so I, I talked about picking up roadkill because we have a he has a permit to do that and uh and how we you know debate on our own property we we have to find the roadkill and and so we're leaving for the cabin one friday evening and we get out on the road and we're not a mile from home and he finds a dead moose in the ditch and Mm. it's like we have to turn around go home (laughs) yep so he can get the skid steer and (laughs) down the road so he can scoop up a dead moose on the side of the road and take it back to the shed Uh, i'm like wow why did i leave work early (laughs) (laughs) i just love how how these these folks their eyes are that big you know it's like to them it's so foreign to us it's just oh there's a moose let's go get (laughs) yep Yep. Go get the yeah. skid, skid, skid steer and the, and the grapple, right? I am guilty of posting on Facebook because our, our laws, <laughs> wherever you find the roadkill, you have to use it within 100 kilometers. I was coming back from Edmonton one time and out by somewhere Lloyd Minister, uh, North Battleford. There was a nice fresh uh, whitetail on the road. Post on Facebook. There's roadkill there if anybody wants it. <laughs> there it was. The scramble was on. All the guys local that area. So, yeah. <laughs> I know there was struggle. a mad dash <laughs> to the roadkill. I got a buddy, and I am so jealous. Robin Marshall, he has a picker truck. Yep. So every moose and everything, just yep. picker it into the back of the truck. Like, Absolutely. Oh, I got to do that. I'm getting a picker soon, Sam. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> More things to spend money on. What a surprise. Yeah. yeah. So after the day one here at the, at the Parkland show, we, we had a we had a big big supper. Yes. And uh, as the, the uh, announcer said tonight, uh, when we were talking about us going to the meal night, he says, we're in Saskatchewan, southern Saskatchewan. Here, we're we're behind the garlic wall, which means <laughs> which means it's a, there's a lot of uh, ethnic and, and Ukrainian cooking here. So yeah. pierogies and cabbage rolls, and we're all pretty dang full. Oh yes, yeah. very delicious. It's though. a good thing that we have something like this to do to laugh and keep yeah. ourselves awake. Because otherwise, <laughs> I think we might all be snoozing very soon. But yeah, yeah it was good, very so, good. So now let's move on beyond. You know, your your once former glory of being the coyote <laughs> king to now, skunks. Yeah. I understand skunks are a big deal in your life right now. Yeah, it's kind of one of those goofy things that 
the weirdest things that happen to me are never ever by design. They just kind of happen. You know, like that YouTube channel. It was originally designed that I just took a picture and video of my skinning trailer because I'd had everybody telling them what I was planning and they had all kinds of ideas, me driving around the fields with semis and <laughs> nobody could understand what I was doing. So I made this stupid little video. It was too big to email, so I put it up on YouTube. I called everybody and said, okay, go on YouTube, search for this and watch it. There was three or four views of people I talked to and then it just kind of grew. And the same thing has now happened with these damn skunks. Um, <laughs> At first, it was, I just want to catch a couple skunks to make a pair of mitts. And, well, geez, you know, they're pretty easy to catch. And that's when I started realizing is if, you know, if you use these Magnum, like the, the 120 Belial's or any of these, like, you know, certified traps. That's right. Yeah. The certified traps for Martin Fisher. All of a sudden, well, geez, you know, these little suckers are really easy to deal with. Here, I, I want to go down a little bit of a tangent here. Mm -hmm. Because what he's doing is he, he's using a kill trap on, a, on an animal that is notorious for exploding. With, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, but, having a dead man switch in its hand and, and the grenade going off and it dies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to explain how, how, how this works and, like, how you set it up with the, in the box and, and the trap itself. And, and yep. You know, walk us through the process. Well, basically, they're a little shorter than what you guys typically use for Martin. And what I've done is the sides are a little bit taller than the so bottom. So these are the boxes. Yeah, yeah, the box itself, correct. And it's just your regular plywood box. Um, and they're notched for the 120. And they stand, the bottom of the floor is inch and a half or so off of the ground. And that just gets me off of the grass, um, you know, any of the mud or snow or anything like that. Um, they're a little shorter. They're... 14 inches. You guys usually use typically more of a 20, 22 no, or 24 no, inches. That's, that's 14 is 14. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought you guys were a lot longer in but the Martin world. we have some that are that long. Yeah. yeah. But there's it's a, an evolving thing. <laughs> yeah. They're a short, stout little box. And um, the 120 is set the trigger on the bottom and on the inside jaw of inside of the box. And that gives you a really nice suitcase catch. Or if you put it on the outside, skunks have got the weirdest shaped body they have this beautiful huge chest and these scrawny little beaker from the muppet's neck okay and if you get a perfect catch on the neck they're dead it's great but they always seem to be able to get this arm in there and right. if you just get the one jaw on the neck that arm and they're alive oh. it's not humane and then you're having to deal with a live skunk so i try to go <laughs> for the suitcase catch and i get both of the feet are inside the trap now and i get one here and one here and it is extremely humane, very fast. I just actually caught one today, put up a little quick video on Facebook, and the trap, one in the, one jaw was still actually in the box. The box hadn't been disturbed. Just, it hits them, and they just stop. As you've seen when we were there, yeah, there's yeah. very little struggle. No. Um, most of them are on a loose wire. You know, it's wired just in case, you know, a raccoon or a coyote comes along or anything. But it's it's very quick, very humane. And I'm not sure how it works with a skunk, because I know... If you shoot a skunk, 99% of the time they'll spray. If you go near them, they'll spray. There's all kinds of different things that'll make them spray, but for some reason these traps don't let, they just will not spray. They die so quick. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's, maybe they're not frightened or it happens so quick. I'm not exactly sure why, but it's one of those things that, as you noticed, uh, you were saying that you couldn't believe they don't stink. And no. you always have a light mm -hmm. odor of skunk, but they don't go full nuclear as everybody calls <laughs> it, you know. Full
full nuclear. That's, yeah. a, that's a good description because I remember we caught one in the, yep. in the wintertime and there was fresh snow on the ground and, and it, it was like a green yep. bomb. It, yep. was, it was fluorescent <laughs> green. It was like, you, you knew that stunk without even getting close to Correct. it. Correct. Yeah, we, we, I think we smelled it when we drove up to that spot and that was one that just got incidentally caught in a raccoon set and he went full nuclear. If you use the right size, it's just every time I get him. What I thought was neat, you put the, the dog on the bottom and then, yep. the, then the, the trap, uh, the mm-hmm. trigger on the trap was up, and you offset it so that it kind of looked like the goalposts for uh, correct for like, hockey, yeah, or for football. For football, me. yeah. yeah. Um, you're reasoning, you're thinking on that. Well, it's not as bad for the skunks, but on a raccoon, raccoon always want to reach. They have hands that are pretty much like ours. They always want to reach, and if you have your trigger whichever direction, but in the V, like they come factory, they always get smacked on the hand pull right. out of the trap or you have a live raccoon caught by a foot which you know we're not after that at all by any means right so what i did was i moved the triggers over and the raccoon can reach in he doesn't hit the trigger yeah and when he realizes that he must commit to get in he puts his foot back and then they commit and you get these perfect catches on him okay um so i did that with the skunk ones because you get a lot of incidental raccoons and i don't want the raccoon getting right. caught by the foot right. it happens occasionally but most of the time the raccoon will do whatever he's doing. He'll knock the trap out. Uh, sometimes he'll snap it or whatever, but you don't get these live raccoons in. Okay. And uh, it's just kind of more for the raccoon. The skunks are pretty easy. They'll push right through it. They're not too concerned about it, but it's just for the raccoons mostly. And because he's got that opening in there, he actually gets over top of the uh, over top of the trigger itself. Yep. And, and then you were saying that, you know, with that, that goal post out at the side, <laughs> it would hit him on the shoulder or whatever. That's right. And it made that perfect catch. Yeah, and also is where the jaws... Uh, on the bottom, it seems like they put their feet between the two and then they commit and that gives you your perfect, like where the legs are inside the trap and they're not interfering with the action of the trap. Right. And you get across the chest and right on the neck. Well, I know, I know, I mean, you, you said, and Sandy, of course, this was just, this was less than a week in front of our, our youngest uh, <laughs> boys. Uh, wedding. wedding and she was afraid of smelling like skunk there and I told her I told <laughs> her nobody had noticed <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it, we got what 19 that day uh 15 I think was the number okay. if I'm correct okay I'd have to go back but I think it was from 15 I think we got that yeah, day I thought it was 19 but it, it makes no difference I mean th- th- nothing they were dead there were yep. there was there was no smell there was it was amazing yep. you know yeah. I mean it's a, it's amazing how little a skunk smells in its natural situation yeah. I've said it before, uh, and I stand by it, especially in the summer and the fall, is any place in southern Saskatchewan, you are no more than 200 yards away from a live skunk at any time. Right. And that's in cities, even uh, anywhere in the country. There are skunks everywhere, and unless something disturbs them and you spray or a roadkill or something, you don't even notice they exist, and they don't have a smell. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the bait we were using mm-hmm. was rotted beaver. Yeah, just... Uh, Whatever it rots in the back of the truck, kind of. Well, you I know. know, I know. Yeah, it, it just put a, you know, chunk it up, uh, cut it up with a um, sawzall, and throw everything in a pail, and it just kind of does its own thing. And there's gets not sweet all on its own. It does. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's just fresh, they'll still go for it. But it gets a little taint to it. It's all that much better. So why that? Now, I think you were explaining you thought that it eliminated a lot of raccoons. Oh, that definitely, yeah. If I use beaver, I will catch pretty much all skunks. And if I use uh, oily fish like herring, uh, cisco, tulabi, um, smelts, I'll get almost all raccoons. Right. And it's just they, they have a very distinct preference for which bait they want. And I can take a 220 in a bucket and set two side by side, put one with one bait, one with the other, and I can tell exactly which one I'll catch in each just by wow. the bait. 
Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And no so kidding. if I'm targeting raccoons, I will get out the 220s and I'll put fish in everything. I get the odd skunk here and there, but I'll get nothing but raccoons. And I know the skunks are right there because in the wintertime when they're denned up, you can go into the old houses and if you look under the rafters or just the right place, you'll actually find them. And they're denned up, raccoons and skunks all together. And they all just huddle together in a big ball and that's where they sleep. No kidding. They live together. And okay. yeah, so when they come out of the den, they're all coming out at the same entrances, going in and out the same places, use the same trails. And just depending on the bait will depend which, which one you want to catch. That's amazing. I, I found it amazing how, how you reasoned through that. I mean, all trapping is a game of numbers. Mm -hmm. And you reasoned through how you could get the most skunk traps out yep. for the least amount of hassle. Yeah. In, in, in Saskatchewan, yep. um, all the road allowances to the, to the fence are, are part of the RM, the That's rural correct. management area, right? Yeah, or, or the rural, the, rural municipality, but yep. Or the, or the county, right? Yep. So you, you had 200 miles of, of <laughs> trap yeah. line, and all you had to deal with was, what, two RMs, right? Uh, I talked to four. Four. Yeah, and that was over the course of that whole year when I got 300 skunks, I talked to four people. 300 skunks. <laughs> yeah, well, 296 if you want to get technical, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked to four people. And, and I'm, betting, I'm betting there is nothing that ruins a skunk's hide. It's not like coyotes that can get mange or, or, yeah. or coyotes will get shoulder lice where you, you catch what would have been a $150 coyote and it's, yeah. it's worthless. I bet nothing bothers a skunk, right? Actually, no. Uh, the odd one, when you get the really big old ones, they get kind of a mangy look on the back of their neck. But it's really rare. Uh, most skunks are really good condition. The odd one, and they're old, they'll get a yellow tinge on the stripe. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, nothing bothers skunks. They never ever have any scars on them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're always really nice and easy to deal with. Almost like yeah. porcupines, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. So was... how, what, how big is an average skunk? Oh, uh, I would say somewhere in the range of about five to seven pounds. Um, yeah. The biggest that I've weighed now is 19, though. Oh, and wow. that's the one that Allison caught, and that one is just over 51 inches from nose to tip of tail. Wow. Yeah, it is absolutely wow. huge. A booner. Yeah. yeah, that's what we call it, a booner. That's, <laughs> I have one that's uh, just under 51. Hers is over 51, so we have two booners, you know, on the wall. Amazing. Yeah, that, well, they're like, they're taller than my leg. Yeah. They're, they, you could put your leg inside and use my pants. <laughs> they're <laughs> that big. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean... There was, there was two things there. I mean, you had a use for the fur. Yes. A very definite use for the fur. But there's also that liquid gold. That's the good stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So you get on an average, we're talking about the essence, pure quill. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it when you when you draw it right out of uh, out of the skunk. It's called pure quill. Uh, it's not tinctured. It's not, That's not preserved. It's nothing else. It's pure quill. And it's mm -hmm. red. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah, reddish. It's got that weird, yeah, orangey red color yeah. and then the mustard on the bottom. The mustard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we got the best story you ever. You can't imagine what that's like to tell bankers that you, <laughs> that you suck the mustard out of a skull. <laughs> okay, well, let's explain how this is done. For anybody that doesn't know, because I mean, we're, we're laughing because <laughs> yeah. we have banker stories about this. This is hilarious. Yeah. But you were... Showing, I, we did this on camera, yeah. which was so cool. Yeah. You showed showed her how to extract uh, the essence. The part that nearly made me <laughs> drop the camera was when you told her that you had to put, she had to put her thumb over top of the vent because they it. sometimes backfire. A bit. That's correct. Take us through all the steps. <laughs> uh, um, so basically, it's yeah, you pretty much put her there. You just got to put your finger over the vent. Um, the glands are, are positioned right uh, on each side of the tail, on each side of the vent. Okay. Um, basically, 
there's a little sphincter between those glands and the opening and sometimes they don't quite close and if you touch that gland it will shoot out the vent <laughs> so don't little. ask me how i learned <laughs> my figure on Not the vent my experience yeah nope. and then and then put the needle into the gland and then start drawing. You can feel them. They're like cherry tomatoes or yeah, something. Very, yeah, very similar, like a cherry tomato or a grape. Um, the big ones are almost like a plum. They are yeah. some really big ones. And you can feel them underneath the skin. And all I do is, you know, just jab the needle right through. And then I start pulling suction on the needle, pull the needle out. And when it enters the gland, the gland starts to collapse. And it's an actual sac. We call it a gland. It's an actual sac. Okay. And so it's basically like you're deflating a balloon. And all of it drains into the needle. And at the very end, you get the yellow fatty, which everybody typically calls the mustard. Right. And you know when you got the mustard coming into the needle that she's pretty much empty. You got her dry. You got her dry. <laughs> and you do that on both sides and into a bottle. And as you notice, that's the part that smells then. Well, but interestingly enough, everybody, uh, you know, I mean, skunk has a very distinctive mm-hmm. smell. Everybody knows if they're near one who's sprayed or whatever. But when you pull that pure quill out of those glands and you shoot it into, the baby, uh, like, well, in this baby case, jar. it was a baby food jar <laughs> that we were using. That's a whole other story and, why we figured that one out. And <laughs> it, you think that you would be overwhelmed with the smell of skunk, but what it smelled like to me anyway was very, very, very strong garlic. Yeah, and you actually and you taste that. And you could taste it mm-hmm. right back, you know, at the back of your tongue or the top of your yep. throat or whatever you want to say. But it was not unpleasant, which no. was very surprising to That's me. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it would be a lot more unpleasant than, yeah. than it turned out to be. So tell me about uh, what's the average you get out of a skunk? Uh, across the board, I average a half an ounce. Half an and ounce. And that's some of them that are like your juvenile skunks that only have a few drops all the way up to your big males that, you know, you get a couple, three ounces on some of them. Wow. Yeah, those are wow. the jackpot there. Um, <laughs> I've used... 50 cc syringes and I've had to dump and go back and get more out of one sack alone. Wow. Yeah. The 50 cc is, t- is two ounces. Yeah. There's some really good ones, but that was, you know, those are rare obviously, but yeah. yeah, every once in a while you get one and you could just see, it's just two big humps on the underside. You could just see, you know, they're paragonades there with pretty the much. <laughs> yeah. Like they are very much like a plum. They yeah. are big. Yeah. And grenade would be yep. probably yeah. appropriate. So, I mean, it's amazing the uses for that. Of course, yes. the most common is uh, lure makers want to buy it. That's correct. Yeah, and they, they can take uh, a one ounce of pure quill and and they tincture it with with alcohol and that and they yep. turn that into what? I honestly don't know what the ratio is, but uh, I would assume it's at least a four to one, maybe a ten to one. Uh, I, I, bet, I think I it's ten or more. Yeah, every lure manufacturer has their own way of doing it, and. That's their secret, and I just supply the raw product to them. Yeah. And, w- yeah. and what do you get for, for an ounce? Um, 20 to $25 an ounce is right. what I'm getting, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Americans that want it, but by the time you ship it down there and everything, and they're around... Oh, let me tell you about shipping it, because, <laughs> you know, that's good fun. When it comes through Canada Post, as an example, and, they, and, and you never, ever get a phone call from Canada Post until... You have right, a couple right, of ounces you. of pure quill that come in that the mail. That was the one that made it, though. The one that didn't make it was more funny to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you sent it in. Well, it, you asked for two ounces. Yeah. So well, what makes better than two ounces but the little airport, uh, you know, whiskey bottles. Whiskey bottles. Yeah. So I got a couple of those, and I filled them up and, you know, taped them up and bagged them and you name it, everything. And 
sent them away and you called a week and a half, two weeks later and it's like my stuff hasn't shown up yet. So I started doing a search and found out the Canada Post destroyed them. Uh, I was like, uh-oh, I think something maybe, you know, what opened maybe or... Maybe leaked or yeah, whatever. You know, so like, I, I shouldn't push on this one too bad. Yeah, and uh, it <laughs> turned out, I just asked, you know, like, why was it destroyed? And they said, well, it's alcohol. You're not allowed to ship alcohol across the border from Saskatchewan to Alberta. God's my witness, I didn't know that. At beyond my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him, I said, you know, you're more than free to open it up and take a swig if you think it's alcohol. <laughs> I would have loved that. I don't know what x-ray it went through or whatever, but they figured it was alcohol going across the border and got destroyed. I know. Yeah, they didn't return it, nothing, when they did whatever they did oh, with it. Oh, I, I wonder what they yeah. did with it. I have no idea, but anyway, I tell you, if they so took the it home. So the next time Ryan sent, so we tried again, mm-hmm. and, he, and he sent it again. <laughs> that was This was under the direction of the lady from the post office. I said, yeah. this is what I want to ship. This is what happened. How do I do this? And she hummed and she hawed. She goes, baby food jar. <laughs> I went to the store and bought applesauce, ate my applesauce. And <laughs> So, but then what happened was you never, ever, ever get a phone call from Canada Post until you've got skunk essence in the mail. And then it's, Richard, we have a package here for you. We would really appreciate it if you would come and pick it up right now. And we live about eight eight to ten kilometers from our from our postal yep. Yep. pickup place and it was outside. <laughs> yep. Oh. Was, it was it was like this package that was all wrapped up and you you taped it oh. off and you double bagged redundancy it bagged upon it, redundancy and, and, you put, and then you put it in a bag of cat litter. That's right. It didn't matter. <laughs> no, it gets through. Because no. it was sitting out there and it was like it was like something off of Superman with you <laughs> know, the, the box that has the kryptonite <laughs> in it. It's like it's glowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I found out again the hard way. I filled up uh, a 26-ounce whiskey bottle, and I had it right to the lid, put the cap on, and set that one aside, was working on other ones. And I found out, luckily, it doesn't freeze, because I thought about it after. I was like, oh, boy, I left those out all winter in there. I thought it was going to freeze, but it's still liquid. But when spring come, that stuff expands a lot. Oh. Yeah. It didn't break. It didn't. Yeah, it sure did. (laughs) (laughs) So that's probably what happened to yours. It just expanded. and. So listen to self. Yeah. Yeah. I always leave it down that much now. And so, I mean, another, the, uh, the, the native, uh, natives have a a special use for it. Uh, Yeah. They believe it's a medicine. Yep. And, and it's funny, we'll, we'll get to this in a sec, but they uh, they believe if you're sick or if you have a bad cold or whatever, you should take a shot of it. And like when we're talking on Facebook and that, and lots of times our, our, our friends will, you know, you should... You should take a shot of that stuff, mm-hmm. Rich. You know, take this. I'm thinking nothing's that bad. No, nope. <laughs> I've never I'm been never that been sick that either. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dead two days before I'm going to try yeah. that. <laughs> so, so, but turns out you had a, um, a scientist contact you. Yeah, yeah, a uh, guy from out in Long Island in New York, a uh, chemist, and he's in his mid fifties now. He's been a chemist, uh, master's degree chemistry, and we got talking about skunk essence and. He looked into it and somebody actually went through and figured out what was actually in it. And I told so, him, so you know. I, I got I to know, how, how do you from from nowhere, Saskatchewan, run into a chemist from Long Island? Like, I mean, come on. I mean, literally, that's your address. When I send you something, yeah. it's postal code nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that YouTube. That's, okay, okay. That was it. Okay. He started talking to me that way. and when, when Sandy made you the king of skunks? Well, no, it was before <laughs> that even. Yeah, before that. Yeah. Before he was famous for yeah, skunks. That's right. And uh, yeah, he just started telling me and we got talking and 
anyway, we, we asked, like I asked them, I said, what actually happens? Like, you know, the natives drink this stuff apparently and it makes them feel great. And of course, everybody's just, oh, you know, never been yeah. that sick or anything. Yeah. And then he started thinking about the actual chemistry and he's like, da 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 And he's doing this in his head. You can hear him thinking. He goes, oh my God. He goes, that's your market. And I was explained. Um, basically 38 to 44% of the stuff is mercury capture agents, mercaptans, they call this apparently. And I am not doing the chemistry justice by trying to explain it, but any of your heavy metals in your body, mercury, lead, it's like a huge system flush. No kidding. Yep. That's amazing. That will actually treat water systems, uh, to get mercury and lead out of water. No way. Yeah. It is nature's very own detoxifier for heavy metals. Uh, now that's something. Yeah. Skunk essence is Correct. a detoxify, detoxifier. Yeah. It's kind of like that really awful uh, cough syrup, right? That Buckley's. Yeah, Buckley's. Buckley's. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's so great, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> See, this yeah. is the same thing. It's like, it's like yeah. you better be sure that you're really sick because there's yeah. the cure. <laughs> well, they don't, I, as far as I understand it, they don't actually pour it in the water, but there's some chemical process that actually they use it and it absorbs this stuff in... Yeah, the actual water doesn't smell or taste like skunk and anything like that. It's just pure water and all the mercury and lead and everything is removed. Um, and apparently the only stuff available on this planet right now is synthesized only. And from what I was told, China is the only place on the planet that are allowed to make it anymore because it's so stinky and so bad for the environment. Oh, really? And the environmental standards nowhere else is really allowed to produce this stuff. So that and led to some speculation about raising skunks. Lots of skunks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, you, you, you all have uh, your buddies where you sit around, have a beer, and laugh and jokes, and things, and things go sideways. Well, well, we've done this with Ryan, and things oh, went yeah. sideways. And, and, and I'm thinking about we have so we have a big we have a big big hmm. barn, right? And it's got two thousand skunks in it, right? And, and we're thinking about all of the you know the issues that might be involved, and I'm thinking about. What if you're in the middle of that when a thunder lightning storm happens and, it, and one of those skunks pulls the pin? They're all going to pull the pin. <laughs> you, better, you better be packing a, side, a handgun on you yeah. so you can shoot yourself yeah. in the head. You know? <laughs> I think if it ever got to that point, I think my nose would be so burned out from it that I hopefully I wouldn't notice already at that point. But yeah, 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 yeah you, you never you know. Just, you just notice everybody leaving around you. Yeah, it would you, just yeah? be a green fog. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would. Yeah. <laughs> so... Your work with these skunks, though, I mean, it's led you to to uh, kind of a uh, a neat uh, mini career in in fur mm -hmm. and the stuff that you've been doing in fur. Yeah. Like you've made some wonderful uh, fur trim mucklucks and and yeah. uh, um, fur trim capes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, the earmuffs and that for yep. your daughters. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the a backpack. The backpacks yeah, that you the made raccoon for your girls yep. from raccoon. Yeah. yeah. So you just decided just give that a whirl. Basically, um, I'm one of those people that you'll never hear me bitch about the fur prices. No. That's one thing I won't. If there's a bad price, figure out a market. We are not bound by anybody that we must sell to the auction. We have your own imagination, your own limitations is all that stop us from figuring out what to do with our fur. Yeah. Okay. And I'm the kind of guy, obviously, is, you know, with skunks, anybody talk about skunks, they're like not even going near it. And I'll dive head first into something stupid and try it and see what happens. And but, but it's, it, it's, it's the same with the fur. Like yeah, I mean, you, you've, you've developed a heck of a market there. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the money in the, in the essence. Yep. And uh, then, then you're taking 
Do you tan your own own skunk? Or? I have, yeah. yeah. Um, I've done a lot of tanning. Uh, there's a local tannery here in Saskatchewan, and I told him, I said, I got a couple 300 skunks coming your way. He goes, no, you don't. <laughs> and he told me he doesn't have the room or the patience for that smell, and his wife would kill him. So we made a deal that he would teach me how to tan, and I'd take him up to his uh, place for the final drummings and everything, use his drum. And I'm allowed to tan my own fur and sell it that way under his guidance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is there a lot of work to tanning a skunk? Labor. Um, labor. Yeah, it's all labor. It is because there's such drastic black and whites, and you have to get those whites white and keep the blacks black. And any type of a bleach or anything you use to whiten that white, especially on those ones that get a little yellow, will bleed into the black and turn it brown. And that is where your labor comes in is because you are literally parting all the stripes and oh. treating just the stripes. So you're just putting the bleach on the white stripe. That's right, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a lot of labor that way. I know when we did the, the skunk show with you, you said that a skunk never gets any heavier fur. It, it carries the same weight of fur all year long. It's just the thickness of the of the leather. The thickness of the leather, a little bit of the under fur when they prime up. Yeah. But in terms of the length, it's always the same. Uh, right. Summer skunk has the same length as winter skunk. It's just not quite as full. But uh, once you're into the mid-October on or anything like that, those skunks are great. Uh, no problems with them. Um, if you go really early, the young of the year, those ones are, you know, they just don't have anything because they're just still a little, you know, young and whatnot. But uh, otherwise, yeah, they're, they're really good. You can get them, you know, right at the beginning of October already, and they make amazing mitts. And it's, it's that color that, you know, that's yeah. what really sells them. You're not looking for a shearing quality. You're more looking for that, that distinct coloring. And, and so many people mock the skunk, like, who's ever going to wear a coat made out of skunk? You know, you mm -hmm. showed me tonight when we were at the at the banquet yep. um, a picture of <laughs> of a of a skunk coat. Yes. I would I would <laughs> absolutely wear that coat. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's and striking, I don't yes. know that yes, I don't is. know that anyone would really recognize it for what it actually is, because it is such a striking pattern and and um style mm -hmm. that is very very appealing i yeah. think anyway okay i want to i want to tan a skunk walk me through the steps can't i made the deal with him <laughs> that i can't tell anybody so you I, I, basically just, i skin flesh board just yep. like every trapper does yep. and then after that it's the process and that was the deal as i could so you have you, there's a a, a a setting solution a tanning Correct. solution yeah there's that, all yeah. the different steps but i vowed that i would not become his competition and he told me this is his recipe and i'm not allowed to tell anybody and i okay. says i can Fair live enough. with that and that's so Fair i enough. i've been asked by a thousand people because i blab about everything i do but that's the one secret i have to <laughs> Keep. I was just curious about yeah. what, what was the hardest part of the of it all, like what was the most breaking breaking those breaking. hides. Yeah, uh, if you, you don't break it, you will have a, a piece of hard wood. Okay, so what is breaking then? How you is this are done? physically fighting and pulling on that leather uh, while it's drying. In the drying process, you have to keep breaking it, and that's the hardest part of the actual labor. Your hands will really that hate you. It is a you. lot of labor. Yeah, isn't it? especially yeah. when I was doing 50 skunks in a batch, and you just sitting right. there breaking 50. And then you let them dry for another couple hours, and you go break another 50. And it's, it's day-long, well, I should say it's about closer to three-day process, and just constantly breaking those skins. So how, how long would it take you to tan 50, start to finish? Start to finish about a week. Yeah. About a week. About a week, yeah. And 
Uh, and how, like how many hours every day kind of thing? Um, the breaking portion, it's, you're, 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 that's your entire day. Right. <laughs> you're doing that for a couple, three days. Uh, the first steps are basically just solutions. You're just stirring it as you yep. walk by and stuff like that. Um, the the long-term one is whitening those stripes because you have to sit there and part all that fur and apply the bleach to just the whites. That takes a long time. Um, so is it a bleach or a peroxide? It's kind of a, it's a peroxide base with a toner agent. Okay. And it really... Like dying hair. Basically, yeah. 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 It's, well, it's, it is, it's hair. You're, you're just taking that yellow out of the white. And that's very cool. Yeah, and that's, that takes a long time. And inevitably, you always get a little bit on the black, and then you go back with black fur dye, and you have to repaint the black. So, you ever, yeah. you, you, ever, you ever touch up your goatee while you no, got the black? I've huh? left that alone. It's, I earned this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd probably turn myself pure black. Or, <laughs> like I fell into yeah, a but, pail of dye or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's that question that I always ask. Is what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not enough people ever ask themselves that question before but, they enter oh, into yeah, something. Oh, yeah, that's my life. <laughs> so, so your skunks, all your skunks, you turn into gloves? Uh, yep. Yeah, most of them are going for gloves, or I make them myself, but most of them sell, uh, sell to furriers across Western Canada, and they're made into gloves, a few into hats, but mostly gloves. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And you've, you've got a great market for it. So far, hopefully, yeah. 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 And... You you do a, some of the, the the stitching and sewing and that yourself on yep. on uh, things like the the backpacks or yep. or the, oh, yeah, the that's capes all, everything uh, that's mine yeah that, that that's yeah. all yours I I try not to become a furrier I'll do it for you know a few friends here and there uh, stuff like that I'll make a few sets every year but typically the people that are buying my skunks I always send people over to them you know there's who will do it for you because you can get carried away into the furrier business very quickly. And some of the ladies in the province that have been doing it, um, they're quitting their jobs and becoming full-time furriers. And So it's making a good comeback. It seems to, yeah. Um, there's one lady, Carrot River, uh, Trapline Creations. And it was over a year ago now, I believe, she quit her job and she's full-time. And there's another lady in Melville here, uh, Touch of Wild, and she was a stay-at-home mom, and now she's looking for almost like a nanny. She's that busy. And oh, moccasins and mitts and hats and just, you know, all those fur, not your full length fur coats or anything, but just all your different the fur trips. The accessories. Yeah. So like accessories, yeah. Correct, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. Uh, there's two ladies in Saskatchewan alone that are kept busy and mm -hmm. there's many, many others as well. But yeah. So, and the, the, fur, <coughs> the furs that are most popular for these accessories? Uh, the gloves are the skunk. Uh, a lot of people are getting more now into the coyote links. Uh, ladies like the red fox mitts. Um, oh, I've never seen red fox mitts. Nice, actually. Really neat. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a lot of people, you know, wolves even. There's a lot of wolves. I, uh, I do have wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, moccasins, lots of, like, raccoon used for that. Uh, beaver. It's There's not really anything anymore that's preferred. It's uh, There's quite a big mix going on now. A lot of people are, well, you know, so-and-so has a pair of skunk mitts, and they go to get one, and, oh, well, look at those lynx ones, you know, and yeah. off they go. and. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no shortage of the selection and, you know, what people are doing with the stuff now. One of the things that's, that, that's puzzled me is why raccoon fur is not more prized than it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that we've seen a little bit of a bounce on, uh, on raccoon prices at, at the uh, auction marts, yep. which, is, which is really good. Yeah. Um, 
Beaver is still taking a beating, but it's amazing what the what the uh, um, uh, caster caster yeah, but that fell right out of <laughs> yeah. my head. Caster <laughs> mark is pretty good right now. It, it's astounding. Yeah, I, like I mean, they're going it's selling by the ounce, and like the mm-hmm. shells, which are the, the the ones that look like a flat broad bean, yep. are going for over five bucks. And I had I had some that were number ones mm-hmm. that went just for for just about twelve bucks an ounce. Yep. You know, you get a lot of castor out of a beaver. Yep. That takes us back to another thing that you did. Okay. And nobody knows about, very much about this, well, other than all the, the aunties, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I know where this is going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here in, in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. every one of the, the RMs has a, uh, a bounty on beaver. Correct. Or, or just about every one of them. Yeah, there's uh, at least a half of them. I think it's over 200 of the 400 and some or 500 RMs that have a bounty pretty much the eastern side of the eastern half of the province. Okay, and yeah. it is because overpopulation of beaver. It's okay. Plain and simple, we've had a lot of wet years, thankfully it's starting to dry up, but lots and lots of water rain uh, coupled with very few trappers, low beaver prices, and just no predators. And it's just a perfect explosion. Beaver's best food for just being healthy and vigorous is the aspen and that's all we have out here is aspen. Right. And it just it blew up. It's one of those those funny catch twenty twos because on the, a rural uh, like a a registered trap line in in Saskatchewan they have a quota mm-hmm. they have to catch so many beaver a year. That was back in the day. They they after the eighties and the fur crash they did away with that. So even the northern guys don't have any quotas or anything for beavers but anymore. This was the, the, the this beaver explosion was happening on private land. Yes, that's and right. So there was a huge amount of crop being lost. Yes. There was roads being lost. Yep. Uh, I, I remember we, we were out here. I think it was when we were, was when we were doing skunk or when we, when we did the coyote show with you. But one beaver had, you know, beaver had terrible habit of they keep flooding the land, flooding the land. Well, they end up killing a lot of their own food. Mm-hmm. You know, they drown the, the poplar eventually. <clears throat> well, this one had had drowned everything. So he decided that the farmer's crop, that yep. I, I think it was wheat. He figured yep. that that was just perfect. Yep. And he had mowed about an acre of it. And he packed it off. And it, mm-hmm. so you have wheat sticking out of the out of the dam and buried in the water. It's like, oh, my yep. gosh. You know, yep. it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> so they were put these bounties on and, That's and what were the bounties uh bounties basically um the rm has a 15 minimum and if they had 15 dollars or more then they could apply and the province would match that 15 dollars mm-hmm. for a 30 dollar total and basically all you had to do was cut that tail off yeah that was it the rest of the beaver could be completely 100 percent wasted you didn't have anything to do with it and anybody was allowed to do it as long as you were a Saskatchewan resident or, yeah. uh, you know, in that RM or there was a whole bunch of different things. But basically anybody was allowed to do it. Okay. And everybody was just killing beavers, hack the tail off, leaving one side of the road. They were wasting everything. And that's when uh, I was at one of the trapping conventions and our Western Canada representative from NAFA said, Ryan, I need some casters. And I was like, well, come to southern Saskatchewan in the spring. They're everywhere. Every road's got them. Well, there went my little gerbil running in his wheel and <laughs> gave birth to the beaver derby. So, the year before you did the beaver derby, how many how many were were bounty paid on the year before? In the province? Yes. Uh, they're usually around thirty six to thirty eight thousand beavers. That's right. Yeah. So pe- people had sh- had shot that many, and that cut off the tail, turned them. That's in. the province's portion that they meet. Right. And then over and above, RMs were actually paying 
for more as well, but nobody knows that number. Each individual RM has their own numbers, but 38,000, give or take, is what the province set aside for. So you, you took then and decided you should have this this competition. That's right. And you, it was for the like the lar- largest one, weighed, or weighed yep. the most, uh, the biggest tail, the widest tail? What, the- no, um, basically what it was was everybody do what you're normally doing. Get your beaver, take your tails off, those you collect from the bounty, and there was no interference with the RM system or any of the bounty system, but the rest of the beaver, I want that. Right. And I'll figure out a way to make use of it. And so basically what they were doing was a grand aggregate weight. Everybody had, you know, you would be uh, contestant number one, contestant number two, and you would bring in beavers, and I had way uh, drop-off locations throughout the province, and they each had a scale, and they would weigh the beavers and tally up a little card, and everything would be recorded, and I had a running tally of all the different, you know, people in this and how much weight they had. And then the individual biggest beaver was also an individual prize, and basically that was it. It was merely an incentive to get guys to bring the beavers to these locations so I didn't have to run off, you know, every single little back road. Or that they weren't going to just be dumped on the side of the road. And, Yeah. yeah, and then I had people that would collect them, keep them cool so they weren't rotting, and just basically an organized way of collecting all these beaver. And you had that incentive of a prize just so the guys would actually do it versus, oh, I shot one over in Joe's field or I got one over here, you know, and then you're chasing them all over the fields and all over the province versus just bring them to these locations. And then I went and, you know, would run around, pick them all up. Okay, first, what was the, 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 the top aggregate weight? You would ask me that. <laughs> well, of course I was going to ask you. Ah, uh, darn, what was the number? It was a lot. It was six or 7,000 pounds. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to find out for you. Just give me half a minute here. What was the biggest beaver? Uh, that one was 80, around 84 pounds, just shy of 84 pounds, 83. With, with the tail cut off. With the tail cut off. That's correct. Good Lord. Yes, it was big. Okay. Yep. So you weren't the cause of the beaver dying nope you were actually trying to put them to a use that's correct you drew the ire of the anti-fur brigade sure did <laughs> <laughs> he says the... proudly wearing it as a badge <laughs> yeah actually uh well at first you know when any trapper you know when you get the sights set on you by an anti-fur group you you know you kind of get a little worried and at first I was, it. I'm not going to lie, I was like, oh, oh, you know, what did I do? And it all stemmed from one of the contestants, actually just out this part of the world here, shot an albino beaver. And oh, really? yeah, yeah, so he posted the picture. Well, he showed me the picture and I said, you mind if I post it? He goes, yeah, go ahead. And he said, do I have to turn this one in? I'm like, what are you going to do with it? He goes, well, I want to get it mounted. I'm like, done. Weigh it. You're using it. You're making use of it. Yep. Perfect. That's all we wanted. Go. Yep. Go crazy. You take it. And it went to the, you know, taxidermist and it's sitting in his living room now. But that picture went viral. And before I know it was three quarter million views plus, you know, in a couple of days. Yeah. And oh boy, that's when all of a sudden yeah. the people in Vancouver got wind of what I was doing. And oh, then ecological genocide and all these <laughs> catchphrases started coming out and on it went. <laughs> so. yeah, I, I, I can imagine. So how many beaver did you end up getting into your competition? 601, 610, yeah. something like that. So there was still another 37,000 oh, that, that weren't used. So many, so Absolutely. many. Absolutely. Yeah. But out of that, mm-hmm. how much caster did you get? 
dried was 92 pounds. 92 pounds. Yeah. Wow. I had them all dried. I had them all nicely taken care of. Dried them, turned them, put them into the freezer. I pulled them out, and it was just like today, ugly rain. And I drove to Winnipeg, and by the time I got through the rain, every one of those milk crates full of all that perfectly dried castor all looked like I just pulled them out of the animal that minute. Oh. And that's what I, I was like, oh. So I stopped in Brandon which was two hours outside of Winnipeg yet. And I bought that cheap corded rope, 50 foot rope. And I started winding it all over in the back of the box of the truck. And I'm hanging all these casters <laughs> and driving down the Trans-Canada Highway trying to redry caster. Oh my heaven. That's exactly what Mary said when she opened up the back door and she just looked and there's this spider web of casters on this truck. Oh. And she goes, I got to get a picture of this. Oh. I found oh. out after the fact that, yeah, you could take them right out of the animal and give them to them and they dry them three days regardless how dry or how wet they are and that's when they grade them is after three days. <laughs> and Glenn was laughing at, at the Napa Depot there and he just started chuckling. He goes, I've never seen this before. And, but Probably yeah, never he, will again. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he took them all in and then he showed me, you know, how they grade them and Gave me, you know, Caster 101 kind of thing, and yeah. But it's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's extremely interesting, very. And the, the major use for it is, uh, like, Chanel number no. 5. Yeah, yeah, perfume and your cosmetic industry. Yeah. And now a lot of food, fa uh, food flavorings. Yeah. yeah, raspberry especially. Mm-hmm. I was, I was telling somebody at the show that today, and I could see on the spot she was deciding she likes strawberry better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's next? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really ever plan it. It just kind of happens. Well, we um, want to come do skunk with you again. We'd, we'd like to do kay. raccoon too. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. raccoon would be a hoot. We don't yeah. have raccoon where we no, are. Yeah. No, no, we can do all. raccoons for sure. Yeah. And apparently um, we have skunk, but we just... Yeah. Well, they, you know what they're doing with skunk now. You could make a show out of skunks. <laughs> I could, but it'd yeah. be more fun to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's always a laugh or, or some absurd thing that happens and you go, um, yep. didn't plan even, on even that. The, even the fun we can have going to downtown Ituna and, and having a Chinese s'more, right? Yep. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> that was good. That's always the big joke in, in Western Canada because every, every, every little town has a, has a Chinese uh, restaurant and, and they all yep. have Chinese and Western food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is, yes. That's, that's always the menu, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 83.4 pounds is the biggest beaver. Yeah. Sorry for taking so long on this. And we got a grand total of 23,684 pounds total. And the winner was 5,260.5 pounds. Holy. 137 beavers. 137 beavers. Wow. Yeah. And he, and he got 25 or 30 bucks a pop for them. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he got his bounty yeah. for those. And then on top of that, he... Uh, he won a sheared beaver hat, like an RCMP style, but made out of sheared beaver. And uh, the guy that got the biggest beaver also got a hat. And uh, the second place guy got a hat. And first place also got some beaver traps. Awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so Very are you cool. going to do it again? I would love to, uh, just to show the animal rights group in Vancouver that they did not win. Yeah. But when all was said and done, it was better part of three months of work, and I came up with 750 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have two flat tires or any kind of, you know, yeah. hiccup like that, and it's just the, you know, we all know beavers just aren't there. And I even know. collecting them in that quantity, yeah. it still wasn't, you know, I didn't lose, so, you know, great, but I sure didn't make 
Yeah. You know, there was a few people counting my millions there, I'll tell you. They were laughing. Uh, oh, yeah, look at this guy. He's making out like a bandit. Yeah, $750 for three months of work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of effort yeah, that's for right. not much return. That's exactly what it was. So unfortunately, just the return isn't there. No. And I would love to do it every year. It's just, it's it's a tough one. Is the, is the beaver population a little bit more controlled now too? Uh, Mother Nature is taking care of it yeah. more than we ever could. Uh, the dryness now, it's yeah. starting finally to knock the numbers down. Um, I'm seeing every year now for the last three years that every time I go winter beaver trapping and punching through the ice and I'm finding, you know, two, three feet of just air, air. under the ice. Yeah. Uh, Which is creepy because you can do this, punch through and, look, and notice the air and then go yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I always tell everybody, walk with that spud in front of you. Yeah, you got to do it like that. I've had that moment. It's like, yeah. oh, boom. Yep. <laughs> I, well, we learned it the hard way. That's why I always tell everybody, walk in front. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Oh, well. Buddy, it has been a pleasure. We, we got to come see you fun. again this fall. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm happy you could spend the time. It's you, been a you blast. Have, you have to drive home in the freezing rain now. Yeah. Because it's April in Saskatchewan. Exactly. Well, but I did want to recognize that we are sitting in Windy Acres, which is um, oh, yes. a beautiful, beautiful place. bed and breakfast that's just five kilometers west of Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And they have been nothing but hospitable um, to to. Uh, house us while we're here for the yes. show, yeah. but to allow us a little space so that we can have a really nice, quiet conversation with Ryan. And it's always a pleasure to be here with Ken and Joanne. Absolutely. So, if you're if you're ever yeah. here and and you are looking for a fine place to stay, uh, Windy Acres is, is is absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah. here. We also want to thank, uh, of course, our sponsor. Yeah. Uh, Old Smokes Coffee. Old Smokes Coffee. If, yeah. uh, you if turned you look, me on to that. I, I tried that today. That is good coffee. Yeah. So oldsmokescoffee.com. Um, That's O-L-E. Yes, O-L-E, Smokes Coffee. Um, they, you can order their coffee online. It's a very unique craft coffee, like craft smoked. beer. But smoked it's coffee. a smoked flavor. And they also have uh, regular um, regular flavors as well. But anyway, they, they've been very good to us. And we're, we're here representing them at the Arcton Parkland Show. And we also have a promo code with them. Yes. So if you go online to oldsmokescoffee.com, you place an order. If you use the promo code Trapping Inc., all one word, uh, just enter Trapping Inc., and uh, you'll get 10% off of your purchase. Yeah. Thank you once again, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Ryan. It's always a pleasure to see you, and uh, we're looking forward to getting back out with you. Definitely. definitely. Thank you to everybody for for sitting here and listening to us laugh our fool heads off. (laughs) We have so much fun with uh, with our friends. It's it's, uh, so easy to sit and talk. So anyway, hopefully we see you guys down the line. And as viewing public and fellow trappers, we want to thank you guys for what you do promoting the industry. Uh, Not enough is being done for promotion of trapping, and I like what you guys are doing, and that's why I've always been, you know, anything you ever need from me, it's always there. So thank you, you to both much. of you. We'll talk about money then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whole other conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You bet.